there's something you have. There's something you can do which can change your life. That's what this story tells you, folks. Or there's something you, you have, something you can do, which is a key to your prosperity. This is in the Bible for a reason. This is an exciting, we're really thrilled about teaching on this subject because it's so critical to our lives. And God wants us to really have tremendous breakthroughs in every area of our lives. And one of the biggest ones is the area of our financial and material life. And I want to do this by um, just reviewing what we shared last week when we talked about prosperity is the will of God. And we're looking at what God's Word says, not a certain tradition or a certain belief or what a denomination believes. We're looking at what does God say about the subject. So just to begin, I want to look at a few verses we did look at last week. We started this entire series by looking at Luke chapter 4. Who better than to begin with than Jesus, the Master? And we said this, he said this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to who? The poor. So Jesus outlined, he said, this is what I'm anointed to do. This is my priority, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He identified six things. What was the first thing he listed? The poor. Now look at this other scripture we looked at last week, 3 John chapter 2. So the third epistle of John, just before Jude and Revelation, looking at what God says. We said last week, prosperity is the will of God. You've got to know that for sure. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? Look at what it says here. This is John now. Think about this now. This was written by John. Now he was the youngest of the disciples, but he lived the longest. They even put him ice. He was so dangerous. What he preached was so powerful and was changing the, the, that, that part of the world that they put him on an island in isolation. I think about that. They even tried to you know, so put him in exile. They even tried to burn him in oil, and that didn't work. But think about this. Listen to what he says now. This is an older man, not a young man, older man. And he says, Beloved, I wish, I pray, above all things, that you may what? Prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Look at that. So now, so that means now, he says a number of things there, that prosperity is the will of God and health is the will of God, but it says it's going to happen as your soul prospers. So you cannot think and be full of poverty in your soul or in your mind and demonstrate prosperity. And that's where the big problem is. A lot of people have got, have been brought up and have been ingrained in poverty. But it says right here, he says, I'm praying for you. It's God's will that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Hallelujah, somebody. Though any of you who are parents, 
you would do anything to help your children. If I, every single one of you would say, I want my children to do better than I did, and my foreparents did financially and materially. Right? Every single one of you. So how dare anybody think God loves his children less than I and you love our children? Is anyone hear what I'm saying? So anybody says now God wants you to suffer. God wants you to be poor. God doesn't want God wants you to have enough. And, and the poorer you are, the better you are spiritually. Anybody who says that, they're saying they love their children more than God loves his children. That's insanity. Now, my tone today is going to be pretty strong because, you know, because of who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to people that God wants to walk in great abundance and prosperity. I'm speaking to leaders who God wants to change our communities, change our families, change our world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And if you know that, you know, you, there's a mentality. I, I said this before the first time. There is a mentality to poverty. There are, there's a certain mindset. There's behavior patterns in poverty. And that's why it's cyclical. That's why it's generational. That's why it goes from place to place, from one generation to a gener another generation. You hear what I'm saying? So there's bad habits. I told you before, if you give a poor person who has a spirit of poverty, if you give them a brand new townhouse today, you go back three years later and it will look like a dump. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Is there anything wrong with the house? No. No. That person created what's inside of them. Mm -hmm. So when you realize, no, that you have a spirit of prosperity because of the redemption, then you must create pro um, prosperity. You are a wealth creator. That is God's will for you and me. Amen? Amen. Now look at this scripture here. So 2 Kings chapter 4. You're going to get blessed today. Are you ready, folks? Yes. I'm talk about the power to prosper. Listen to this. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen, or to be servants and slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what is in your house? And she said, your handmaid, everybody listening? Got to listen to this. There's major keys here. Your handmaid doesn't have anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, go, borrow the vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when you are come in, you shall shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all those vessels and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and live thou and thy children off the rest. Now, you're going to see some powerful things in this scripture today. You're going to see some um, powerful principles. Now, if you think about it, look at her circumstances. 
And I want you to compare, sometimes I believe scripture is given because it lets us see her circumstances and we can see her circumstances. Oftentimes it leads us to compare our circumstances with that individual. And so if you look at her situation, she, her husband, who would have been the primary breadwinner, especially in that day, he's gone. So we could say her source and channel of income for the family is gone. Everyone see that? There was terrible indebtedness. So there was so much indebtedness that her children, her sons, I don't know what age they are, would be sold into slavery. Now, think about this now. They're not being sold per se, but they would be working to pay off the indebtedness. Let me ask a question. Is anybody here in that situation? I'm looking, thank God, no. But I mean, you know, you can be in extreme indebtedness. You can be in extreme poverty, extreme lack. They won't see that. There's no, and think also, it seems as if she has no income earning possibilities. Doesn't it look like that? That's what it looks like. And so um, what, this is going to be a very helpful message because you're going to see some principles, honestly, some of them are business principles that God wants us to get a hold of and incorporate in our lives. And if we are incorporating some of them or all of them, to utilize them even better in our lives. In fact, I heard a story recently that there was a family, and we know that Canada is a country of immigrants. And, you know, every year people come here. There's a particular family, came here from a certain country with about $50 in their uh, pocket. Someone say $50. $50. Recently, they donated to a, a, a hospital in the GTA millions of dollars. One family who came with only what? $50. That's how I, that really blessed me hearing that. Even though that story has been replayed many times in this country. So God wants to encourage you today that he wants you to what? Prosper. Now, by the way, think about this now. Part of the problem is this. Sometimes many unbelievers be believe more in prosperity than some believers. That's true, that's true. But it's not going to be the case in this church. Right, we believe in a God who wants every believer to prosper. Are you listening to me? Amen? So we're going to hear some principles today that's going to help us to turn our financial situation around and take us from a place of uh, poverty to one of what? Abundance. Now, the first thing is this. There is something you have. First thing you see in this. I want you to remember this scripture. If you have to look at it this week, there's something she had. There's something she had. I'm going to stay to my notes because it's so important. There's something you can do. There's something you have. Turn to someone, tell them there's something you have. So again, now think about this. Now we're talking about breaking the spirit of poverty. Now think about it. Regardless of what you're facing today, there's something you have. There's something you can do which can change your life. That's what this story tells you, folks. Or there's something you, you have, something you can do, which is a key to your prosperity. There's something you can put your hands to that will produce wealth for you. Let me you know, listen, this is in the Bible for a reason. To teach you some things. Are you listening to me? There's something you can put your hands to that will produce wealth you. And what it tells you, if you read the story carefully, God is limited by us. Who's he limited? By us. No, I think about this now. He's limited by what we give to him. 
is limited by what we put our hands to. And in reviewing this again, I thought, listen, if your job, the job you're doing, is not producing what you desire, ask yourself this question, what else should I be doing? Or is there something I should be doing which will produce what I really desire? So there might be something you should be doing in addition to what you're doing, or there should be something else. Could be one specific thing that will change your entire life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So you've got to ask the right question. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? This is really important. So number one is this. Write this down. These are the points now. If you're going to change your life, these are major keys to prosperity. Number one is this. Identify what it is you have. This woman, he said, first thing the prophet said to her, he came to her for an answer. To get a question, she came to him asking. But I'm, you know, sometime when you go to God, he doesn't give you the answer you're looking for. He said to her, he put it back on her. He says, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What did she say? I don't have anything except this oil. What that tells you and I is this. You've got something you might not know you do have it. Or it was so insignificant to her, she ignored it. It was nothing. But I mean, you know, it was something she had. Uh, I'll put this one, another two. Think about this though. She knew what she had because she knew she had oil. But it was not as important to her. So she minimized what she had. Think about it today, people. What, what could you be minimizing in your life right now? What gift, what talent, what ability do you have that you're overlooking, that you're minimizing, that you're, almost, you're just taking for granted? It's there. And so in your mind, it's, it's minuscule. It's really small. It's insignificant. And that could be a major key to your prosperity. I'm speaking to somebody today. Are you listening to me? So there might be multiple things here. So I'm still talking about number one, identify what you have. You know, some people have an ability to write. Some people have ability to sing. Some people have ability to bake. You know, I heard about a story about a lady who she made berets. She made uh, little hats, little beret hats. And, you know, she went to a um, little place and she, about had, um, she had about eight or ten different hats, um, styles or colors. And she had them on the table. A friend of hers was doing some kind of open house or showing. She put them there. It's a little lady, didn't have much money. Someone came who was a, a this old, a lady came and was looking at them. And she said, well, are these yours? She said, yes. She said, how many of them do you have? She said, well, I only have maybe since 10, 15, wasn't that many. And she said, can you make 50,000 of them? Now the lady said, well, I, I don't have that, but I can. Now listen, this lady was working, was a distributor for, I think Nordstrom, one of those big companies. Overnight, this woman's life changed. Amen. From something seemingly insignificant, but was something that this little lady was very good at doing. One idea. I said last week, all it takes is what? One idea. That's why don't compare yourself with other people. Everybody's unique. Everyone has different gifts and abilities. And you've got to, you've got to identify what it is you can do. Anyone hear me? Amen. So once you list those things, number the thing is this, choose one of those things that you, mo you find most natural to do. Mm -hmm. 
Oftentimes the gift, the thing we should be focusing on is the thing, why, why we ignore it oftentimes is because it comes so natural. You have a knack for it. It's almost like, ah, it's so simple. So it's easy to overlook it. It's easy to dismiss it. So you need to identify that thing. Again, it might be the most easiest thing you find to do. I mean, you know, sometimes you look at someone or someone's looked at you and said, hey, you do that so easily. And you, you make that look so easy. And then if you're, not, if you're like that, oftentimes you can overlook or minimize that particular gift and talent that, that you have. Does this make sense, everybody? So choose now, be certain now. I'm getting out. This is still number one. You've got to identify what you have. Be certain that this is what you want to do. You've got to get that clear. I'm, I definitely want to do this. And again, don't compare yourself with someone else's gift. So number one, identify what it is you have. I'm taking my time a little bit because I really believe God wants to speak to you today. To identify, make it clear what it is you do have what it is you can do. And that could be multiple things, but out of that, we need to focus on one of those areas and say, this is the area. I can really do this. With God's help, I can really prosper in this. Now see, so he, he had to get that from her first. What is it you have? And nobody here can say, I have nothing. You've got something. Amen. You have a talent, you have a gift, you have an ability. Everyone hear me? You've got something you can do. You have something within your power, ability, and control. And God's waiting for, for you to identify that and get serious about that gift and ability. Amen. Now, when she did that, so listen, once you know or have an idea of what it is you want to do or what, or what you should be doing, there's some things you've got to put in place to succeed. Because you notice, when, just because she said, oh, that's the thing. I got a pot of oil. There were some things that had to come after that. Number two is this. Have the right people in your life who will help you to succeed. Now you notice all the way throughout this process, I'm telling you, just in eight verses, I got so much. See, so had this man of God give her the right counsel all the way through. You know that no matter how gifted you are, no matter what your talent and gift is, you have to identify the right people in your life. It's not everybody. It's only a few people you need. They're your counselors. I'm going to call them your counselors. They're willing, capable counselors, people who know more than you do. Now, people who know less, people who know more. Yeah, yeah. If you talk to the people who know less, they more than likely will talk you out of something. Why? Because they don't have much. So they will talk about what, just by nature of who they are and where they're at, they'll bring you down to where they are. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? So you get counsel from people who know more than you. Now go to the scripture, Proverbs 11. Are we listening? Turn to someone, tell them you have something. Tell them again, you have something. Tell them this, it might look insignificant. It might look small, but you have something. You do it. You have a gift. You have a talent. You have an ability. You've got something. Hallelujah, somebody. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where, now no, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. After have right people, right counsel, they, they protect us. They help us to make right decisions and chart the right course for our lives. Everyone got that? 
Turn to this one, Proverbs 15, 22. Everyone found it? I'll just slow down a little bit. Want to make sure you've got it. Proverbs 15, 22. This is going to change your life today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. See that? So God wants whatever that, that gift, that talent, that ability that you've got, he wants it to be established. It wants, he wants it to be fruitful. He wants you to see success and prosperity and good through that and through the exercise and the development of that gift. But how does it come? Wise counsel. The right people in our lives. And one more, 24, Proverbs 24, verse 6. Kind of saying the same thing but repeated. Proverbs 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel you shall make war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. Now, how do you know then when you've had bad counsel in the past from lower-minded people is that you never came to much? It didn't, you didn't produce much in your life. I listen to what I'm saying. Their counsel brought you down instead of bringing you up. Their counsel brought you poverty instead of bringing you prosperity. And think about this. It brought, listen, it brings you safety, which means the things you do is going to be, you're going to be on a sure footing. Now, the opposite of safety is what? Insecurity, unsafety, or destruction. So you're opened up. So good counsel will help you to make decisions that will protect you. Isn't that important? That will protect you. Yeah. And you know, think about this. So right, right um, counsel, they're going to help you to do, make right decisions. That's not going to just make you prosperous. That will help you. And we talked in the past before in this church that it's not just about the money. There's people living in the penthouse, living high, but they can't sleep well at night. They're looking over their shoulders. Some of them have been wiped out overnight. Why? Because of what they've done to other people. Well, you don't want to get prosperity that way. So you want to get it in a safe way. So right counsel will help you to have good, you know, have a safe plan of action and help you to prosper in a safe way. Right? So you got to, you know, ask God to help you in that. So number, here it is. Number, so under this area, have the right people. Those who believe in you and your gift, and truly want you to do well. That's the kind of counsels God wants you to have. To be those who will provide you with the right knowledge and guidance. That's what we want. Yes. Those who have been there before, or have been where you are going. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. To see the those with specialized knowledge and skills. How can they help you if they don't know what they're doing? So isn't that interesting? Our presumption it is a lot of times the people that you've had around you in the past, some of you is this, you've had people, they know nothing, they've been nowhere, and yet they're, they're so high and mighty. This is, the, this is the, the height of their arrogance. They think they can tell you what to do. But the worst thing is you listen to them. Are you listening to me? Yes. Let me say it again. So 2A, those who believe in you and your gift and truly want you to do well. Wouldn't that mean then? See, they're, 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 they're moving forward themselves and they're not going to be intimidated by your success. Right? Yes. They're going to provide you with right knowledge. They have specialized skills. They're gonna get. So get instructions, guidance, and direction on how to use what you have. Is anyone hear what I'm saying here? 
And part of this, Danny's thing is this, is we've got to be um, careful who our counselors are. So you don't just share your gift. You don't just share your vision just with anybody. You've got to be, you've got to be very selective and very wise in what you do with that. Number three, develop a system. All of this I saw in eight verses. Develop a system of multiplication. Notice she multiplied what she had. Now think about this. You know what McDonald's has done? What have they done? They've been the masters of multiplication. They've mastered, they've, mastered, they've um, developed a system to create the burger. And so the same type of burger is produced not just tens of times now, not just thousands of times, but millions of times in multiple countries. What is that? That's a system of multiplication. Well, right here, as primitive as this look, that's what she got. I saw that here. But it's applicable in what you are going to be doing. Right? You're a leader. You're an owner. You're a business owner. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody? So develop a plan, a system that will help you multiply what you have. You know, a woman who, let's say, she can bake cookies and she wants to, she has to develop a system to multiply them. Right? She has to multiply the amount she can make because she can't just make one bag of cookies or else that will be the end of it. Right? woman who has those berets, small berets, she has to develop a system. And then as she has more money, it becomes more sophisticated the way she can multiply. By the way, these are qualities God's looking for in his people in building his house. He's looking for people who are willing to work. That means I can't work with people who are not willing to work. Thank you for tuning into our program today. If this program has been a blessing to you, I encourage you to become a monthly partner to help us to share God's Word to the nations. As a thank you, I'd like to send you a copy of my book, Foundation for Leaders 101, which will help you to take your place in the body of Christ and in the world. Again, thank you for being a monthly partner. Thanks again for tuning in to Healing for the Nations. If this program has been a real blessing and benefit to you, I need your help to keep this program on the air in your area and in your city. You know, we have financial partners who partner with us every month to keep this program on the air and would like you to partner with this program. You can do so by giving a check to Foundation for Life, so write it to that uh, name specifically, and send it to 736 1995 Western Road in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9N. 3W9. We also receive e-transfers at info at foundationforlife.ca and also credit cards via foundationforlife.ca. We really appreciate your support and thank you for helping us to preach the gospel throughout your city and throughout this nation. Now, please allow me to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these partners as they give to the preaching of the Word of God so many lives can be saved, healed, delivered, and set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that as they partner and sow seed this month, we believe the Word of God. As they give, it is being given to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into their bosom. We thank you for your word that the Lord is their shepherd. They shall not lack and they shall not want. And I thank you that my God shall supply all of their needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So I thank you for blessing their lives now in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much again for your partnership. We appreciate your love and support. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. 
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.